Well, it is definitely a privilege for me to welcome back to Hope Covenant Church Tom and Janice Kelly. They were back here, or they were here in 2012. They have been covenant missionaries down in Mexico for over three decades, and I am so excited to have the privilege to introduce them to you. But I hope that you have the chance to talk to them after because you can't be with them for more than 30 seconds to a minute without knowing that they love each other deeply, but they love our Lord Jesus Christ deeply, and they love the church of Jesus Christ deeply. So welcome, welcome. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We've enjoyed singing with you today and uh, congratulate you also on the way in which you were picking up the language of the angels. Uh, you gave you a head start on eternity when you go to language school up in heaven, so keep on that singing, Alleluia, Alleluia. Janice and I bring you greetings this morning from your sisters and brothers in Mexico, from the family of approximately 60 evangelical covenant churches in that country, among whom we have been serving as missionaries for well over three decades. We have been able to minister there by God's grace and by his strength. Coupled with God's role in our lives has been the role that you and many other covenant churches throughout the United States have played a role in sending us beyond our country's borders and faithfully supporting us at all times. We have come to you today to thank you for that support, support demonstrated through the generous giving of your financial resources and through your constant interceding, both on our behalf and on behalf of the people, the church, and the work of the gospel in the land of Mexico. And we would like to encourage you to continue or to start to use the Covenant Missionary Prayer Calendar, which is a way to, on a daily basis, continue to pray for all of your sisters and brothers who are serving as covenant missionaries around the world. Uh, it would be great if each of you would have a copy in your home and use it with your daily devotions as well. So we have come to thank you. We have come to thank you as well for words and other expressions of encouragement and Christian love that have seasoned our relationship with you over the years since 2012 when we made our first visit here. We appreciate very much the gracious invitation to be with you this weekend, an invitation extended by Pastor Paul. Gracias. Muchas gracias. Now allow me to move our focus from gratitude and to use a phrase from Ecclesiastes 3 to introduce the move. The phrase is this, there is a season for every activity under heaven. And for Janice and me, our season of missionary service is not too far from coming to an end. During these months, we are on what our denomination calls home assignment. We are dedicating a major portion of this time to itineration ministries, visiting as many of our supporting churches as the calendar will allow, 
We still need your prayers and financial support during this time. As of next August, we will have concluded our service of 34 years under the Covenant Church's Department of World Mission, and God willing, we'll have entered another season of life. So today, we not only say thank you, gracias, we also say goodbye, adios. We do so with the prayer that God will sustain within your hearts a strong commitment to the fulfillment of his mission around the world and to the extension of his compassion among every nation and all peoples everywhere. Please turn with me now to the scripture text for our reflection this morning. It was written by Paul, the great first century missionary to the Gentiles. And it appears in his letter to the church at Ephesus, an important city in what today is the country of Turkey. Ephesians 4, verses 7 through 16. We should note that the first six verses of chapter 4 contain an exhortation to the letter's readers, an exhortation to live worthy of the calling they have received. North Park Seminary professor Klein Snodgrass has pointed out in his commentary on Ephesians that Paul uses the word calling here in Ephesians 4, not of the responsibility of the professional ministry, not of the responsibility of an elite group in the church, but Paul uses the word calling of every Christian. We have encouraged the church in Mexico to understand this one calling as being for all Christians. And we encourage you to affirm and to understand it in this way as well. We would underscore these words of hymn writer Rusty Edwards. We all are one in mission. We all are one in call. Our varied gifts united by Christ, the Lord of all. You and I and all followers of Christ are called, called to live in accord with Christ's love and with his salvation. Now then, the reading for today, chapter 4, verses 7 through 16, and I'm going to ask Janice to come and read that text for us, and you can follow along in your Bibles. But to each one of us, grace has been given, as Christ apportioned it. This is why it says, when he ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people. What does he ascended mean, except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions? He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God 
and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants, tossed back and forth by the waves, and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people and their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is, Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Let us pray together. O oh God, sanctify us by the truth. Your word is truth. Amen. As Janice and I look back on our many years of missionary service in Mexico, few experiences bring more joy than those experiences related to Christ's gifts and the way that God's people have used and, and continue to use those gifts. The Apostle Paul, in the first part of our text, from verse 7 and following, places emphasis on gifts, gifts given to each person in the body of Christ, that is, to each person, each person in the church. He writes, But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. Have we ever taken time to reflect on this truth? Each person, says Paul, each person has received grace to build up Christ's body. Professor Snodgrass points out that here the word grace does not designate saving grace, but instead grace for ministry. Christ has given grace to each person to do the work of his or her calling. What a privilege it has been for us to watch as believers in Mexico come to realize that each one of them is included among those who have received grace for ministry. And the realization is occurring in a society whose culture has not cultivated this good news and whose history has been marked by hierarchical structures and authoritarian systems in both politics and religion. So to discover that one is included among those who have received grace for ministry is an empowering experience. The realization strengthens one's self-worth and especially to the brokenhearted, the poor, and the oppressed, it comes as an experience of liberation. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. To each one of us, grace has been given. The second part of the text, verses 11 through 16, shifts Paul's emphasis slightly from the grace or gift given to each person in the body to additional gifts that Christ gives to the church. These additional gifts are people, people with different functions, people given to the church for the benefit of the church, people given to promote the serving and the building up of the body of Christ. The apostles, prophets, evangelists, and 
teaching pastors are Christ's gifts to the church and their function is to prepare God's people for works of service or as some translations offer the phrase the work of ministry. John Stott, world-renowned Bible expositor and writer, has noted that the phrase, the work of ministry, or works of service, is not used here to refer to the work of pastors. Rather, it is a reference to the work of the body of Christ, each and every member without exception. Stott observes that the New Testament envisages works of service not as the prerogative of a pastoral staff, but as the privileged calling of all the people of God. Those works of service have a definite purpose. They contribute to the church's growth so that the church matures as each part does its work, moving from infancy up toward full adulthood. We bring you testimony this morning of Christians and churches in Mexico who are involved in many works of service. They are contributing to the growth of the local church and the greater family of faith at a variety of levels. And in spite of difficulties and problems that certainly are not unique to the Mexican church, the body of Christ is maturing. The body of Christ is moving from infancy with an eye on reaching full adulthood. And we would like to share part of this testimony with you. Testimony about the preparation of God's people and about their works of service to build up the body of Christ. During this past term of missionary endeavors, Janice has dedicated a great deal of time and energy to the creation of MAEM, M-A-E-M, Ministry to the Abused and Exploited in Mexico, which translates the same way in Spanish with those same four letters. She is going to tell you a bit about a group of covenant people in Mexico who have prepared themselves for this ministry and are committed to works of service through Mayim in the name of Christ. Five years ago, four other women and I attended a conference in Mexico City. It was presented by a team from Mending the Soul, and I think many of you here may be familiar with the ministry. It's based in Phoenix. Um, the conference, the theme was sex trafficking, and what we learned in those three very intense days was mind-boggling, it was heartbreaking, it was gut-wrenching. And after we left, we knew that we needed to continue to make people aware of the problem of human trafficking. So two other women and I continued on and looked for ways to, to share basically what we had learned. And in the process of our planning, we also shared our own personal stories. Another woman and I of personal uh, stories of sexual abuse, and then the third woman of domestic violence and being a victim of that. And we incorporated that into our storytelling and raising awareness of sex trafficking and discovered that it opened doors that we had never imagined. As we shared this information and the stories that we had heard, people began to gather together. And many months later, there was a group of 10 of us from seven different local churches. It was both men and women, ranging in age from 18 to 62. We, we recognized and we saw as we worked together that we had received grace, grace for ministry and gifts for ministry. And little by little, we came, became a more formal group and named ourselves Mayim. 
and became involved in ministries in the area of just raising awareness of the evil of sex trafficking. We developed a program for the prevention of childhood sexual abuse. We became uh, connected with a safe home for young women who'd been rescued from sex slavery. We started working in the area, too, of prevention of domestic violence. And then we also began forming small groups, the Mending the Soul groups, which allows small four and five people to meet together and to go through a program to be healed from whatever form of abuse that they had received. Um, so the gifts that we had been given and the grace that we had been given, each one of us, and as a group as well, were able to continue on in this ministry. It's now expanded to Oaxaca, which is more in southern Mexico, and up in the northwest corner of Mexico as well. People are being trained to continue this ministry. The problem of sex trafficking and domestic violence and sexual abuse continues. It's rampant in Mexico as it is in many countries around the world. But I'm here today to tell you that with the ministries that we've been able to be involved in, that fear is decreasing, hope is increasing, and people, both men and women and young people, are discovering for the first time that they really are created in God's image and that they are deeply loved by Jesus Christ. And that is a huge piece of very good news. I'd like to thank you for your generous support that has made it possible for us to be in Mexico, for the opportunity to be a part of this ministry, and ask for your prayers for the people who stay in Mexico and are continuing to, to care for people who have suffered abuse and exploitation. Thank you. She wanted to put me to the test. <laughs> about this time last year, we began hearing about a very unusual ministry of the Covenant Church of Mexico that was being planned by and for young adults. And the ministry is called Hechos 29, Acts 29. In the Bible, the book of Acts ends with chapter 28. Those of you who may have the experience of going through a confirmation class in some church might remember that, but the rest of you maybe have forgotten. But this ministry, Acts 29, in a way seeks to pick up where Acts 28 leaves off. This most recent season of Acts 29, Hechos 29, began in the late summer of 2016 and went on for three months. The leader sent out a report shortly after the ministry got underway, a report that clearly reflects the major themes of today's text from Ephesians. And I would like to read for you just a bit of what they wrote. It will give you all an idea of the beauty and the passion that has formed and guided Acts 29. Hechos 29, too, is a story from Mexico of how God's people have been equipped and continue to be equipped and about their works of service to build up the body of Christ. Here is a portion of the report. The history of the mission of the church continues in Mexico with Acts 29. On the 4th of September, we began a school of discipleship, leadership, and missions. For the third time in our country, we are participating in the formation of the life of 36 young people while we together follow Jesus. Coming from diverse backgrounds, young people from Mexico, Sweden, Ecuador, and Chile make up a multicultural community 
which will be living on the south side of Mexico City, putting into practice the values of the kingdom of God during the three months that the school will take place. This year, the teaching will be the responsibility of nine professors from four countries, and each will share for a week themes that include the Gospel of Mark, Acts of the Apostles, What is a Disciple, Life in the Spirit, and Holistic Mission. We will be expressing our gifts through missionary work. Once a month, we will visit places at some distance from Mexico City and other cities and states of Mexico, such as Guanajuato, Monterrey, Puebla, and Oaxaca. In all, we will be working alongside 16 churches across these three months. The report is signed by Oscar Morales, coordinator for the Covenant Youth of Mexico, and Omar Tapia, coordinator for Acts 29 in Mexico. And as is the case with Maem, Hechos 29 also offers a story from Mexico of how God's people have been equipped and continue to be equipped and about their works of service to build up the body of Christ. As Janice and I reflect on our 34 years of life and work in Mexico, we have both agreed that one of the greatest sources of satisfaction for us comes from having been there long enough to see infants grow to become mature adults. Take, for example, Oscar Morales, leader of Hechos 29, and coordinator for the Covenant Youth of Mexico. When Oscar was a little baby, I held him in my arms during a service at one of our churches in Mexico City and presented him to the Lord. And now look how much he has grown up into Christ, how far he has come, and how he is enthusiastically serving his Lord. While it is true that we are often inspired and encouraged by faith stories of individual Christians, we must always remember Paul's affirmation in the last verse of our text, verse 16. From him, that is Christ, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. For the next few minutes, we would like you to watch a video that offers some glimpses of your brothers and sisters in Mexico. They are glimpses of the body of Christ in that country, growing and building itself up in love, calling each part to do its work. Hello, my name is Tom Kelly. I'm a Covenant missionary in Mexico, living in the Mexico City metropolitan area. Hi, I'm Janice Kelly, Tom's wife. We arrived here, just the two of us, and our three children were born here along the way, and now it's just the two of us again. We first arrived back in 1982 with a call to help church development and leadership training. Never dreamt that we would be here over three decades. We're grateful to God for His care for us and the way in which we've seen many things grow and develop. Still see many things left to do, but right now we are glad to be able to just share with you a little bit about our perspective on our call and what it is that has kept us here all these years. 
When we arrived in Mexico back in 1982, we came to a group of churches which were very small. There were only three covenant congregations right here in the Mexico City area. And one of the things we've observed and we're grateful for is that across these three decades, we've seen the church expand and the number of congregations has grown considerably. During that time, we've seen a number of churches take on full-time pastors. Most of the work that we did originally was with bivocational pastors. That definitely is another major change that we've seen in development across these years. Something else that we've noticed across the years is more and more women feeling confident and ready to step into positions of leadership. Hola, mi nombre es Erenida Leiva Robles. Oh, a la Iglesia Evangélica Misionera del Pacto de Nicolás Romero. Y he formado parte de este ministerio de damas aquí en la iglesia. Tenemos seis años y hemos trabajado con mujeres que que pues tienen mucha necesidad, que llegan aquí con pues tristes, desoladas, con depresión, porque la unidad que aquí se se da en las damas eso las hace sentir y su crecimiento ha sido muy hermoso. Llegando aquí, pues llegué con una situación muy difícil, este, pasando la situación de un divorcio. Me quedo sola y me pregunto qué voy a hacer de mi vida, porque la familia que yo perdí a hoy, sé que tengo familia aún más grande, porque mis hermanas han estado conmigo en todo momento y principalmente Dios. Yo antes creía que pues nadie me quería y que nadie este, que no me aceptaban, pero ahora me doy cuenta que Dios es amor para mí y que Dios me ama y que si el mundo no me quiere, Dios me ama y no me deja solo en ningún momento. Hemos aprendido que Dios es grande y a pesar de las situaciones difíciles, la fidelidad de Dios es para siempre. As our Covenant Church of Mexico publishes a daily devotional guide that is used by our churches here in Mexico, we've also been able to share that resource with a number of Hispanic churches in the United States, as well as some of our Covenant institutions, our retirement centers and hospitals. David Mark, ya se había dado porque ya sabía que yo había trabajado en la sociedad bíblica y que tenía experiencia como editor. Y me expusieron el plan de tal manera que yo dije, sí, yo puedo afirmar que eh, eh, hoy, eh, hoy con Dios nos ha abierto las puertas en cada una de las iglesias. To see the links being developed between Mexico and the United States has also been part of our privilege as we've been watching God's work develop across these past years. The uh, work with our churches in terms of training has given me an opportunity to teach a number of courses in many different areas of our theological education program. Most recently, uh, after about four months of work, we completed a course on church history of Christianity, the history of the church, and focusing somewhat also on the history of our own denomination, the Evangelical Covenant Church. Most recently, I've been involved in a ministry that's called Ministering to the Abused and Exploited in Mexico. It's been really quite amazing to be learning and to be training and to be able to help people who are in situations of abuse and exploitation, including human trafficking. Yo pensaba que trata era únicamente trata de blancas y me di cuenta que no. En ese momento aprendí que había otro, muchas más formas de abuso y que yo había sido víctima de una forma de abuso. Cuando terminamos ese taller, en mi corazón quedó una necesidad de seguir trabajando en este tema. Pues eh, estar participando en este ministerio de Maen ha sido 
una bendición tremenda porque pues en mi diario vivir, en el ministerio en el cual nos desarrollamos Joel y yo, pues siempre estamos con cierto tipo de problemas. Cada vez que trabajamos siempre hay algo que me impacta cuando llegamos a un lugar de trabajo vemos a, a niños que han sido abusados y que están viviendo el abuso y eso es un dolor en mi corazón. Una de las partes es no criticar, pero saber cómo guiarlo para que pueda sanar y pueda llegar a, a pedir perdón también él mismo. Y con la ayuda redentora de Dios van sanando las personas y eso es lo que hacemos aquí en México. As we begin our departure from Mexico, we still feel obviously that there are many, many opportunities for mission work and joining in with the National Church here in, in Mexico. And these are still huge needs and we're grateful for the chance we've had, but we know that the, there's a new day coming that it will be involving other people that will come and share with the work here in Mexico. God has used my friendships with people here to be transformed. Their openness and their warmth and their hospitality and their inclusiveness have been a wonderful experience for me. Here is, is the people who has been a foundation, a foundation that, that uh, keeps me up. We find that we can always rely on the friendship and relationship of people to sustain us and to give us the motivation to continue with our ministry here. We are very, very grateful for the chance to have been representing our churches that support us in the States as we go about our ministry down here. As you have heard and seen today, God's people in Mexico are being prepared for works of service. And they are using their gifts to build up the body of Christ in many different areas of their country. This is most certainly good news, good news that we wanted to share with you today. We are glad we could come and have you get a glimpse of what we have been able to experience across these years. Please keep that family of faith in Mexico in your prayers. And sisters and brothers, may God continue to bless you. May God continue to bless you as you too are continually being prepared as God's people for works of service and are using your gifts, each one of you, using your gifts to build up the body of Christ. May it be so. Amen. you to come up and we want to pray for you guys as you go. Thank you so much for coming and being with us and the ministry that you've had in the past and what God will be doing through you and for the kingdom in the days to come. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, what a privilege it is to be partners in ministry with your people all over the world, but for specifically for Tom and Janice and for their ministry. What a blessing it has been, not only in Mexico, Lord, but the fruit of it is reaching around the world. And so we thank you, Lord, and for the privilege of having them here. We ask for your blessing on them, that you would continue to work out the transition in the next few months, that you would guard and protect their hearts and their minds, but for their family as well, bless them as well. And Lord, we thank you that we can partner together in the ministry to which you called us and to which you have equipped us 
And so may they be able to still use the gifts and talents that you've given to them to build up your kingdom and bring honor and glory to your name. For we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.